I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today's Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Susie Solomon, here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Susie, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths? I am both thrilled to be, and thank you for having me. Um, I am, among other things, the author of the Emlyn Good Mystery series. Uh, There are now about eight books about to be nine in the series. And these are cozy mysteries set in and around Niagara Falls, where I live. And Emlyn Good is a woman who at the age of about 40 something, just found out that she's a direct descendant of Sarah Good, who was hanged as a witch in Salem. So you can imagine that there's a good deal of research that's gone into these books about Salem at the time. At any rate, um, I've also written a a number of other books, uh, including one paranormal romance called Abigail's Window, which is set in Niagara-on-the-Lake, which is just across the the river from me. And uh, it it received a a grand prize from the Chanticleer International Book Awards as the best paranormal romance of 2019. Wow. And my latest book is uh, called Raising Cain, which is another standalone novel. And it's a mist. Well, it really is not a mystery, although my narrator would like it to be. <laughs> that's really a story about uh, about family, finding family, and learning what family really is. And the mystery is really about who is the family. Mm. That book has been entered in the Chanticleer Awards, and I just found out yesterday it is on the list for the prizes for this year. So I'm still giggling about that. And I'm also, uh, I got hooked into uh, moderating the uh, writers group for the Buffalo Central Library and just Buffalo Literary Center, where I have a lot of fun working with young writers uh, and older writers who are just beginning and then are moving on with their careers. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I keep saying, this is retirement? (laughs) Oh man. You sound like you're such a prolific author. <laughs> I have fun writing. I have given myself seven days a week for at least three or four hours every morning to be writing. And my aim is to turn out at least two books a year, which so far I've managed. Wow. <laughs> Not to mention a whole bunch of short stories. <laughs> that is impressive. I have fun with it. I can't, you know, for my entire life, I can't think of anything that I've enjoyed more. And I absolutely understand that because I'm a full-time writer, not nearly as prolific as you, but (laughs) I love writing and it's so much fun. It really is. (laughs) Um, I call it the voices in my head. And uh, sometimes I really do think that there's a voice in my head that's dictating the stories to me. (laughs) We can talk more about that. 
And uh, anyway, I'm here. And <laughs> well, thank, okay. oh. thank you for giving me a break from writing for a couple of minutes. Otherwise, I would still be doing it. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to have you here. Thank you. So is any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Actually, yes. Um, I think, in a sense, all of it is. I think that that's true for uh, for most writers. Um, specifically, the book I was mentioning uh, that's up for an award this year, Raising Cain. Um, Alicia Cain, who was the subject of the book, although not the narrator, tells a lot about me when I was young and wild. Um, like Alicia, I was part of a sit-in at Pratt Institute in the 60s. And, oh, somebody started a riot there. Uh, I was down in, uh, I was down in Selma for the march. And I also, at those days, was playing guitars. And I did folk music, as Alicia did, in uh, Greenwich Village. And then I joined a rock band, and I was writing music for them. There, Alicia and I kind of, our stories kind of part, because her band became superstars, and mine didn't. <laughs> oh, well, hey. Um, also, in Abigail's Window, um, the paranormal romance that's set in Niagara-on-the-Lake, um, while Abigail, the main ghost in the story, is kind of nice, and I actually did run across her at the house in Niagara-on-the-Lake one day. Um, the house had been owned by uh, a man I was working for at the time, and he sent me across the border to pick up some paperwork for him. <laughs> Excuse me. And when I walked through the door, the innkeeper was standing at the foot of the stairs with her hand on the banister, and she just looked absolutely pale. And I said, what's the matter? And she pointed to the ceiling. And she said, don't you hear it? I said, yeah, they're footsteps. She said, yeah. Well, I said, it's a bed and breakfast. There are guests here. She said, no, Susan, you and I are the only ones here. <laughs> okay. I was a practicing lawyer at the time. I ran upstairs, down the hall. I opened the door just over where we were hearing the steps. And I heard a sigh. Oof. <laughs> yeah. So the story was built from that. And I actually did write a short story that was published in an online journal about how I wrote that story. But that's for another time. <laughs> but also in that book, oh God, years ago, and I still am very interested in ghost hunting. Surprise. <laughs> um, and I went out with friends one night to a long time ago to do some hunting. In the book is a scene from when a not so nice ghost followed me home. And I was just married and I was cooking in the kitchen and I opened the refrigerator to take out something and a box of eggs flew out. Yee. I know all about that's the, the pressure will pull things out. Nope, the box opened, it 
some of the eggs fell to the floor and two of them came flying at me. So I know about ghosts. I will never go ghost hunting again, ever. <laughs> As to the Abigail, the, the Emlyn Good stories, Emlyn really is in a large sense me. She has my sense of humor and she also was a bit of a troublemaker in high school. And she is tall and she has red hair like mine. And many of the characters in the books are people that I've known. Um, so I get to describe them. And in all of the books, these are places that I've known where I live. And part of my object is that somebody reading the book, if they go to these places, they'd look around and say, oh, I know this place. I know this restaurant. Oh, this street. Wow. So yes, I am. And where I live is in everything that I write. Wow. And you're right. It is hard for us writers to leave just to not leave just a little bit of ourselves in every book we write, isn't it? <laughs> of course. That I think is, is where it comes from. That, and as I said, places we go and what we see, um, I carry my writer's journal with me almost every place, including airports, because my family lives in Florida. And there have been times I've been sitting in the airport making notes of the people that I'm seeing, what they look like, how they react when people talk to them. And I also found out that people are not crazy about my leaning over and listening to their private conversation. <laughs> I, I'm a writer, what do you expect? <laughs> oh, that would be kind of strange all of a sudden. It's like, wait, you're listening to us? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, once I was doing that in the restaurant and I got asked to leave. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's ever happened to me. <laughs> well, you're, <clears throat> you're a bit more careful than I am. <laughs> and less snoopy. <laughs> so when it comes to writing, do you have any advice for my listeners who might want to write or write their own cozies specifically? Absolutely. Um, and a lot of this is advice I got along the way. Uh, certainly, as I mentioned, you carry a, a writer's journal with you and make notes of things that you see, things that you hear, the way people react. Um, but I also believe that we all have stories to tell. And what they need to do is to sit and start to write them. Whether it's a mystery, whether it's a story that involves family, um, this is how we get our minds across to other people, get what we see across to other people. Then as important, bring your material to a writer's group and there listen to everything that's said, both about what you've written and what other people have written, the comments on other people's work. Your job then is to 
listen and consider every comment and then go home and go through what you've written and use those things that make sense to you. Absolutely. God, I've been doing this for so long. <laughs> At least it feels like forever. Although my first short stories, oh God, the first short stories that were published in online journals happened in 2005, 2006. Mm. And the novel, the first Emily Good novel, wasn't published until 2015. So you can see that there was a big learning curve for me. And I took my own, I, well, this was advice that I'd gotten from the moderators of the group at the time. And I took the advice. And I say you ran with the advice and did wonderfully with it. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> so out of all your books, do you have a favorite character or would you get in trouble with your other characters? Uh, well, my God, in the Emily Good books, of course, I love Emlyn because she is the same kind of snoopy troublemaker that I am. <laughs> <laughs> she's constantly getting her nose stuck into her boyfriend, then lover, then fiance, then husband's cases, because he's a detective in Niagara Falls. So yeah, I, I love Emlyn. I love her friends. I also very much like um, Alicia Kane from Raising Kane. Um, because there is so much of me in her and I've enjoyed writing about it. Oh, the, they both sound like great characters. And I always love asking that question. It tells me so much about the author. Ah, good. <laughs> well, I have no trouble revealing myself as you can tell. <laughs> yes. So, do you would you say you have an author that's most influenced your writing? Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> when I was young, I really wasn't much of a reader. In fact, I would do anything that I could to avoid reading what the teachers told me to read in school. I would just kind of fake it as I went along. Uh, then I must have been maybe 11 or 12. And my mother handed me uh, Agatha Christie's Peril at End House. I was hooked. <laughs> I really was on Hercule Poirot and the lightness. I mean, those are cozy mysteries, start to finish. Uh, the people in them, there's a bit of humor in them. There's a lot of seriousness in them. Um, and after I finished all of the Hercule Poirot books, I got started on the Miss Marple books. And to this day, I still love those two characters. And in fact, excuse me, when a book of mine is published, I celebrate by buying a set of DVDs. And I've got the complete Hercule Perot. I've got the complete Miss Marple. I just, and I'll watch them over and over again. <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. I I recently kind of discovered Miss Marple through watching classic movies. Ah, yeah. <laughs> the the Margaret Rutherford Miss Marple. Okay. <laughs> Get a hold of some of the DVDs. Mm. See a slightly different Miss Marple, <laughs> but still one that is shall we say, a bit snoopy? <laughs> yes. Which, what cozy mystery would exist without the slightly snoopy... Exactly. <laughs> ...detective, shall we say. <laughs> so, if you and your main character sat down for coffee, what kind of, or whatever your preferred caffeine intake is... Coffee? What, <laughs> what kind of beverage would it be uh definitely coffee <laughs> and literally pots of it <laughs> get my brain moving in the morning i will have someplace between four and six cups of coffee oh goodness and while i'm gobbling down my coffee i'm sitting there doing crossword puzzles <laughs> because <laughs> mysteries the, these mysteries they are puzzles, and I love solving them. <laughs> yeah, they are puzzles, especially when you don't plan like I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I started out by outlining complete stories, and <laughs> I realized I realized that about halfway through if the story was working, my characters would say to me, are you kidding me, Susan? I wouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. I, come on, I would never say that. And I tear up the outline and it's done. And in one or two of the books, I, I, I was surprised by the way they turned and who it turned out to be the bad guy. <laughs> yes. I had that happen in a book of mine. <laughs> Isn't that fun? And, and that's what makes it so much fun. <laughs> it's great, though. And it's funny because with mine, it was like, okay, I know who the bad guy's going to be. They're over here. I've set up all the crumbs. Uh -huh. The killer comes into the story in what I like to call an emperor's new groove entrance, kicks uh -huh. open the door. Uh -huh. And it's like, it's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, but the killer has been there from the beginning or at least close enough that, oh my goodness. So could it be this one? Could it be this? <laughs> That's what you want the readers to see. Absolutely. So we throw in clues and we throw in red herrings. <laughs> and Wow. My sister is my beta reader, and in the book I'm writing now, uh, the newest Emblem Good, it's called Honeymoon Murder. And my sister is absolutely certain that she knows who the killer is. <laughs> oh, sorry, Robin. It's like, um, little thing. I don't even know who that is, or I didn't know who that was until I finished. What makes it's you think you've got it? Exactly. <laughs> So we are solving the puzzle while we're writing. Right, right. 
oh, with my recent book I'm working on, my puzzle is how am I going to get the cops involved? Uh-huh. <laughs> I need I... something that looks so perfectly like an accident in this book uh-huh. that not even the police are saying, hey, you know what? This looks a little suspicious. So it's like, okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> uh, but you will. And oh, yes. Because they will be involved and your detective or whoever the snoop is that's going to solve the crime um, will make sure that they get involved and then they'll get angry at him or her. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and there'll be danger for him or her. Mm-hmm. Always has to be. Oh, yes. <clears throat> More so because she is not just sleuthing for one in ah. this book. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I would love to read it. <laughs> As you well, can tell, I love I love mysteries. Yes. Especially cozies. Although I enjoy mysteries of other kinds. Yeah, I've recently gotten into the classic mysteries. I just read one called Murder uh, Murder on the Tropic. Oh. It's written by a man named Todd Downing, and it is so much fun. His descriptives are just amazing. <laughs> ah, pick that up. Murder in the Murder in the Tropics. Murder on the Tropic, like the Tropic of Cancer. Okay, <laughs> I'm making a note of that right now. I presume that it's I can find it on on Amazon. Yeah, for Kindle. And what really got me into that one was the fact that Todd Downing was the first Native American author to be professionally published in the 30s. I've got the note. <laughs> when we are done, Susan is going to order it. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed as much as I did, because I loved it. I don't doubt that I will. And he's a Native American? He was. It's okay. a. I think he passed in 1970. Oh. <laughs> wow. And is there anything? Is there is is there material in the book about Native Americans? No, actually, it's set in Mexico. The main character goes down to a hacienda in Mexico to investigate a series of mysterious deaths. Ah, it would it would have been cool if he had, but I kind of like the story with. <laughs> yeah, I I know that there was another author that um, was writing mysteries set with Native Americans. I'm drawing a blank on his name, but I have read almost all of his books. Mm. I just love a well written book. <laughs> yeah. A well-written book is a wonderful thing. It is. And one that, a, a book that has prose that kind of sings like a lyric is just wow. Mm -hmm. That to me is my ideal. <laughs> yeah. I also love uh, Mary Roberts Reinhardt's The Circular Staircase. Okay. That opening 
line is just gets me every time I read it. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's what we're supposed to do. The opening line, the opening paragraph, the first page, that's where we've got to drag our reader into the book. So true. So true. It's always the most intimidating, yet the best part when you get it right of a book. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the Emily Good book I'm writing now, I'm trying to remember what the opening line is. Um, I believe it was, um, April showers may come your way. In my case, it wasn't showers. It was another body. <laughs> I love that. That's how <laughs> tell people what's happening. The opening line of my latest book was, is it too late to elope? Nice. <laughs> nice. I presume that you've got characters that are in love. Yes. Sabia and her fiance Bridger. The latest book was actually their uh, wedding. <laughs> ah. Which, of course, in a cozy mystery can never go smoothly. <laughs> Tell me about it. In the in the Emlyn Good book I'm writing, Emlyn and Roger, who is her boyfriend, husband, now husband, uh, I have their wedding. And of course, I don't need to tell you that I've ruined that for them also. Oh, of course. <laughs> you got to do it. Oh, for poor Sabia, it was, let's see, her her finding out that her fiance's cousin was coming to cover the wedding for a tabloid magazine. Okay. And of course, him turning up said cousin turning up dead okay <laughs> and it's like what <laughs> yeah in honeymoon murder um emlyn and her best friend rebecca nurse also a descendant of uh of a woman that was hanged in salem um they get picked up at emlyn's house by a limousine and emlyn was certain that her fiance Roger had ordered the limousine for them. And she's all ready to thank him. And when she gets there, the driver said, uh, turns to her and says, see how easy it would have been to take you? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You got to do it. <laughs> yes. There are times I feel bad for what we put our poor sleuths through. It's like, really? I know. I know. <laughs> and I wind up, I, I constantly say, I'm sorry, Emlyn. <laughs> in fact, in the, in, in, uh, in the book I'm writing now, it's Honeymoon Murder, um, coming down to the next to last chapter, um, the only way to trap the killer, because they don't have any evidence, is to set Emlyn up as bait. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, this poor woman, I've had her 
I've had her in the hospital more than once. And, uh, and of course, she is, as I said, a direct descendant of Sarah Good, and she has Sarah's diary. <laughs> and in the diary, well, today, Wiccans would call it a book of shadows. <laughs> so there's a lot of herbalism in it, which I've had to research thoroughly. And there's also the spells. And Emblem, who doesn't really know what the devil she's doing, she tries them and she's oh, no. trouble. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> and well, with, oh. with one of the spells, she had an out-of-body experience in which she got shot. Oh and, yep, she went up in the hospital because she was really bleeding inside. <laughs> Oh, poor Evelyn. Oh. Well, I am getting the countdown clock on Zoom, so we better get uh, <laughs> back yeah. to the questions. Yeah, I'm just having so much fun talking with you. I know. So how can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Ah, you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look for Susan Lynn Solomon on Amazon. And you'll find all of my books listed there. The first book, if they want to start at the beginning, is called The Magic of Murder. Although, like Agatha Christie, I've designed these books that so they don't have to be read in any given order. Um, I also um, am on Facebook. Um, you can find me, Susan Solomon, on Facebook. And you'll see I do posts almost every day. I talk about my books. I talk about my life. I talk about what I'm up to and the trouble I'm about to get in. <laughs> and I keep complaining, this is retirement. I think I need to retire from being retired. <laughs> and I'll make sure to post the links in the show's notes. Please do. <laughs> I, I, oh. I buy the books and will find me and let me know what they think. Well, I've had so much fun talking with you. I can't believe that we're on the last question. Oh, goodness. What is one complaint your characters would have about you as an author? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, that I can't keep from getting them, all of them, in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Even Roger, the detective, I had him shot. That was in a book called, called Writing is Murder, which was my Halloween book and set in a haunted house in the old section of Niagara Falls. Well, I don't, the whole house really isn't haunted. I just forgot to tell a friend that I made his house haunted, but hey, and Roger was in there trying to find out what was going on, and the bad guy shot him. Oh. <laughs> oh, well. Oh. And Emlyn's best friend, Rebecca, she's had her knee broken by a bad guy. Harry, Harry Woodward, who is the chief of detectives, and Rebecca's, uh, Rebe now Rebecca's fiance, his first wife was murdered. And he was held for 
being the killer. So none of my characters are safe. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Oh, Liana, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Snips and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons for keeping the show commercial-free and growing, and I'd like to thank my Coffee Clutch for their help as well. If you'd like to be a patron, join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecozysleuth. Or you can join my Coffee Clutch at coffee.com slash thecozysleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash thecozysleuth. And if you want to hear cozies read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rats Maze wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy. <laughs>